This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. All right, we're talking about Chip Kelly. He has gone to Ohio State to be their offensive coordinator. And should Ryan Day be fired, he will probably be the interim head coach at Ohio State. Maybe that's the whole thing. Because <laughs> I'm trying to make sense of this. That's his plan? This, Shut up. I thought that when the Ravens ran the ball six times in the AFC title game, I thought nothing was going to consume my mind more than that for a period of months. I, just, I, I still haven't processed that. It's some sort of childhood trauma I'm working through. The Chip Kelly one is going to replace that. How a a man making $6 million and is the head coach at UCLA and seemingly has them pointed in the right direction, as you said, to be fair, even though they're 500, that he he has turned that program from a bottom feeder into a solid upper third Pac-12 program, beat the in-state rival, going to the Big Ten with an influx of cash, full share, unlike Oregon and Washington. So that should solve some of their financial issues. And he leaves to really take any job. Like, he, you think about the jobs that he applied for. He never once, he tried to get the BC job, I guess. But oh, he th- did? Yeah, but that was that was previous. He, he was trying to leave. So he, he didn't. He didn't try to get the BC job this year, it doesn't sound like, because maybe he knew he didn't have a, a shot at it. But he... He applied for every open coordinator job that the NFL had. And when that didn't work out, he just said, F it, I'll go do the Ohio State one. I just, I've never seen anything like it. And it'll pay him a million, million and a half bucks, but he's, and, and he didn't force UCLA to fire him. I just, I've never, I've never seen it. I cannot process this. This yeah. is unprecedented territory. Yeah. Somebody, te- uh, the Vancouver Ford text, I'm going to read this. It says, uh, conference realignment, NIL, and the transfer portal is going to be great for college sports. Jay Wright. Who got players? Uh, who got great players to redshirt? Leaves Villanova. Saban retires. Kelly leaves UCLA. Um, isn't this a sign that college athletics is a dumpster fire and not the shiny object it's propped up to be? Well, I'm not going to say that one guy, you know, doing this is a is a dumpster fire. I, I think well, he there's... mentioned three, well... but but also you could add to that. Like if I piggyback off his, I think his thought is. Jay Wright, it's not just Jay Wright. It's no. it's Jay Wright, and Jay Wright's not that old. No, Chris Peterson did this. Well, it's, I just think that the changing landscape means that now the ideal candidate to lead a program is a different is type different. of coach well, than, that's than it was before. And I think that's his point. His yeah. point is Jay Wright's gone. Roy Williams bowed out. Coach K bowed out. Yeah. Jim Beheim bowed out. It can't just be about being a good coach. It has to be the recruiting. It has to be the hustling. It has to be the transfer portaling, the NIL stuff. Like you got to be willing to be a CEO of all that, and a lot of these guys aren't. Nick Saban bowed out. Um... Who else? I mean, uh, this Boston. You have you have a power five head coach leaving to go be a coordinator. Yeah, Jeff Halfley. 
in the NFL. Yeah. You have a uh, Power 5 head coach <laughs> making $6 million a year, leaving to the same conference as an offensive coordinator, which is stunning. Yeah. I mean, to his point, there is Something, yeah. a shift yeah. for sure. There are guys that are looking at this going, I, I'm not playing in this game. No. And, you know, I, I don't know, Chip's still in college. He still has to recruit. Well, and that's, but that's what maybe I'm, Ryan Day is like, yeah, dude, just well, come here, run the offense. Well, that's and, what I'm wondering. If because clearly Chip didn't want to be at UCLA no matter what. I, I wonder if the Ohio State job hadn't come up if Chip just still doesn't quit and just say, I just whatever, I'll go do ESPN. Right. I, I just I'm not doing this uh, because it's not fair to anyone. It wasn't fair to and, and I'm not trying to put this all on Chip. It, what was happening was not fair to UCLA. You can't do that to the kids. You can't do it to the athletic department. You can't. You just, you can't be the 80, what, 89th best recruiting team in the country at UCLA and be interviewing for every job and then expect to, to roll roll into, into the team meeting and be like, okay, guys, here we go. You can't do it. And Chip knew that, which is ultimately why he resigned and, and left all that money on the table. But I wonder if after the NFL stuff didn't work out, if he called Ryan Day or if maybe this conversation had already happened and we'll see you know how much this leaks out if if he just simply said to Ryan Day man I don't want to deal with any of this crap and Ryan Day said we're we're Ohio State dude we we recruit ourselves everyone on this roster is a great recruiter and like you said sit in the office you don't have to do a damn thing run my offense call plays when we bring kids in, you know, you, you know, meet with them, whatever. But because by all accounts, when when you're in the, the 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 building, Chip isn't a bad guy. His players speak highly of him. I know plenty of guys that played under him in Oregon that said he's a good dude. He's just a little bit different, and maybe that doesn't appeal to an 18 year old kid trying to convince him to come to him. But once you're there, I don't think Chip's a guy that's going to run people off. I don't think he's a demonstrative sort of you know uh, scream at you in your face all the time sort of guy. So he goes to to Ohio State. My guess is. Million and a half, maybe close to two million bucks a year, and you get to work with arguably the most talented team in America, one of the top two or three, and you don't have to deal with any sort of recruiting crap. You don't have any of the pressure that goes along with it, and you can go back to what you were doing at New Hampshire, which is just running an offense. Yeah, I, I just and a guy he respects in Ryan Day career arc. I, I I just have been racking my brain over somebody that's similar, and I just can't, I just cannot believe that it, because we all. You know, obviously had a front row seat to you Oregon's Oregon's run under Chip Kelly for four years. He went forty six and seven, dude. Yep. He lost three games in four years yep. in the conference. Yep. Uh, he won the Rose Bowl. He damn near won the national championship, um, and that was his first head coaching job. So it's like we're going, oh my god, this guy is. He was the talk of college football. Yes, and he, again, he, he scared Nick Saban. He scared yes. all of those people. He changed the game. Yeah, innovative and. So it was like, wow, this guy is, you know, Oregon's really lucky to have this guy. Well, you look now, and we're looking at basically 14 years later. Yeah. I'll go to my grave saying he's a good coach because he he was a he has a winning record everywhere he's been with the exception of San Francisco. Yeah. And that one— He got hung out to That was not his—I no, mean, that was not just his a, fault. He was desperate for that job and yep. um, took it and went 2-14, and 14 and they turfed him. That's the same— that's like the year after Jim Tom Sula was there. Yeah, it was, the Niners at that point were a mess. Yeah. So I'm going to throw that out. If you throw that out, in the COVID season, they went three and four. But I remember the COVID season, and I thought that was the first time at UCLA we saw, whoa, you know, Chip Kelly's like, they're better. Mm -hmm. Remember that? Yep, I do. But even if we, let's just say we throw that out. They were three and four. If you want to count that, count it. But if you take COVID out and the San Francisco season out, he has had a winning season in 
nine of his 12 seasons as a head coach, no matter where he's been. Yeah, two 10-win seasons in Philly. Actually, 10 of 12, if you take the COVID season out. Nine of 12, if you leave it in. So, And he was dominant at Oregon. It's just a really bizarre twist of fate with him. And I don't... I just don't know what to make of it. It's just I've never seen anything like it, like the, you said. And the only thing I can equate it to, and it's it's going to be such a weird comp. But I, I'm I'm sitting here as you're talking, and I'm trying to rack my brain. And you're right. I I can't think of another coach that had this. And so the, follow me. It's gonna it's gonna take a little bit to get around. I'm gonna go to women's MMA. <laughs> what? This is gonna be where my comparison goes. He's Ronda Rousey. He's Ronda Rousey. So when he entered the world of college football, he brought with it something that we hadn't seen before. He was unique. When Ronda Rousey entered female MMA, no one had seen anything like her. She was unique. And for a brief time, there was nothing bigger, brighter, shinier, the biggest star. And she just dominated. And then what happened is the rest of the sport caught up to her. And she was no longer just this ungodly, unstoppable, what is this? Everyone adjusted. And when everyone else adjusted, she didn't have another adjustment. And it doesn't mean that she was a terrible fighter. And it didn't mean that what she did wasn't great. But she got exposed a little bit when the one thing that she did no longer was this great difference maker. Chip came into Oregon and he was this unique guy that that, that brought a different concept to the world of college football that we hadn't seen. And he changed it. He changed the game. I remember when we were talking to, to Ohio state players and they said they were doing extra conditioning teams changed the way they were preparing when they played Oregon because of the style. And he would run the same play seven times in a row. I used to sit there and watch his offense and be like, God, this seems so basic and yet no one can stop it. Right. It just was this, this meteoric rise, but then everyone caught up. And it was no longer this unique thing. Everyone kind of took a component to it. And people learned to adjust. And once that happened, he never learned another another move. He never learned a counterpunch. And that doesn't mean that he's not a smart guy. It doesn't mean that he's not a good coach. And like you said, he's had success. But once that one element of his game, the blur kind of, I'm not going to say it became obsolete, but it became commonplace. And everyone went to the no huddle and everyone went to, 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 to tempo and everyone went to all that. And people got used to playing against it. Yeah. It was no longer scary. So maybe this tells us that when, so when he caught lightning in a bottle and he popped and it worked at Oregon and it was amazing. Yeah. We maybe should have at that time seen that, you know, this isn't, it's not like he's how mummy or, you know, the Mike Leach thing. Like I was yeah. thinking of other innovators in yeah. football, much more sustainable. Yeah. And some people did say that, but at the did time, they? at the time it sounded like sour grapes. Oh, cause you who said that? Well, I, I, Do you I mean, remember, uh, well, I remember a lot Mike of the, Suk? a lot of the sec people talked about this. Oh, did they? Yeah. And it was just viewed as sour grapes. Right. And it was viewed as you can't keep up. And I do remember talking to people and I remember hearing that people said that this isn't people will adjust. Yeah. So it was just a little we maybe we overvalued he was the how long that could last. He was the right guy at the right time. Yeah. Right. And what he did was phenomenal. And but in the at the right school. Yeah. And and when he played sometimes he I remember when he played LSU and when he played some of those and that offense didn't look quite as great. And that's what people said is there is a there is a way to beat this, and it's just with these physical freaks because it's not a complex offense. I heard that a million times, that what they do is very, very simple, but you have to have the horses to beat it. 
and you have to really be dialed in. It was like when when the option, you know, when you're playing the option, it was just something different. Well, the, the athletes didn't necessarily change, right? The, the, against elite teams, he was a 500 coach. Teams he, that could get early stops against him created all kinds of problems Yes, for him. and the problem with it was is that once we went from, yeah, elite athletes can beat a lot of schemes, but once that scheme and people had seen it and everyone started to run it and, you know, Gus Malzahn ran this and then it started trickling down, I mean... I think he forced the SEC, including Nick Saban and these teams, to go to spread offenses. Like I said, he changed college football. But when it went from he was the only one doing it or a couple people doing it to all of a sudden 75% of the teams, not only did you have athletes that could stop it, but eventually people were like, yeah, I'm used to this. Well, how many teams in college even huddle anymore? And when he started this, almost everybody was. Yeah. And it was just, it, it yeah. was different. And that's why I go back to, you know, so like I, I go back to the fighting thing. Sometimes people go in with a different style that no one has seen before and they're just not used to it. Again, I'll, I'll do the, the an MMA thing. Jiu-Jitsu used to be the end-all to be-all in mixed martial arts. And now it's just a thing because everyone learned to, everyone learned, okay, this is kicking our ass. We're going to make adjustments. And once you, you, once you've adjusted to it, it's no longer this big, scary elephant in the room. And, People adjusted to chip. Well, was, he was very innovative, yes. but at the same time, he, it was just a moment in time. Yeah. And I think we just assumed that, man, this guy's just going to keep innovating, and he just, Didn't. we should have looked at it the other way. It's yeah. like, look, this is going to end at some point. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Well, it's really hard to innovate twice like that. Beat Auburn. Right. It's like, I mean. You're asking someone to invent, like, you know, invent <laughs> invent the light bulb. And, oh, yeah, then, yeah. by the way, go invent the car. Well, and this is also complicated in a sense that there's the other thing of where he wanted to get to the NFL. Yeah. And he did. Mm-hmm. And then he got kind of sort of railroaded out of the NFL or mm-hmm. helped railroad himself out of the NFL. He's a tough guy. And now... And then he goes back to college because it's really his only option. And now it looks like he's angling to get back to the NFL. No one wants him. Um, well, they don't want him yet, but I bet <laughs> you he's back in the NFL before long. He's trying. And the other thing about him is, you know, in college, it, the other there's so many layers to him, but he's he wasn't really willing to play the game, which is why he had his eye. NFL is just coaching football. Yeah. That's what he wants to do. That's what he is. The recruiting thing and now with the NIL and all this – and being at a school that is kind of behind the eight ball in terms of what they're willing to pony up for you, he knows he's not winning at UCLA. He no. can't keep up. And so he's just, I don't know, like he's wired different. He's not just going to, he's not so competitive that he'll just beat his head against a wall and just keep trying to do it. He knows he's behind the eight ball. And he's like, forget it. I'll just go somewhere. And and maybe, too, that once you get all that money and you get all that all those uh, accolades, your work ethic yeah. You know that that is a human thing. He seems like a pretty well-adjusted human, actually, um, in some ways. Maybe he just kind of got a little lazy. All you know, all points. of these things could be a part of the Chip Kelly story. Yeah. Um, of course, we won't ever really know, but it's just a very—I mean, I just can't think of another career arc like his. Gee. Somebody mentioned Richrod and 
that's not. I mean, Richrod no. didn't do anything in the no. NFL. And, and didn't he, even try. I think they're just saying more that like the speed option and, and doing something yeah. that not a lot of other people were doing yeah. at the time. And, and but it he, didn't revolutionize well, things like Chip was. But doing Richrod's well. just been a very good college football coach. He yeah. just is. I mean, he did not have that much success at Michigan, no. but at the same time at Michigan, they only give you two or three years. He yeah. got three years there. And that's it. And by the way, his last year, he had a winning record. And you're gone. But they fired him. Yeah. So it's like, and then he went to Arizona, did pretty good. I, I don't know. Um, there's no comparison for Chip. It's He's very unique. And I'm hoping at some point um, to talk to him again. You know, he's not that young. He's 60. Yeah. And I, and he, we know him, and we built a relationship with him. I, I, I just would love to, when it's all said and done, I don't know, maybe he'll write a book or something, but I just want to pick his brain yeah. about all this. Because it's just really... Yeah. Maybe you can go chat him up at Big Ten Media Day. Be a really nice, unique. It'd be a nice story. Nobody wants to go to Big Ten Media Day here, okay? <laughs> Buckley, stop planting that seed. I think Dirt and Sprague are going to love it. You could talk to Chip. In Indianapolis. Well, you get him on the horn. You're our producer. I'll Isn't try. that your job? Yeah, that's you know that Chip's not going to... Yeah, okay, I'll, I'll try. I'll ask Tell him Chip. who we are. He'll okay. be like, oh, yeah, I love those guys. Ah, shut up. Get to it, Buck. He'll be like, I'll go on that show. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> Tell him to come see me in Indianapolis. Shut up my mouth. So who does uh, UCLA hire? Buckley over there has odds next on The Fan. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.